Holy buckets, that's cold. (laughs) I want to do that all the time now. (laughs) Jim is going to be arriving tomorrow with our annual... Our cheese and meat tray. Cheese and meat tray. Yep. Well, we don't know that for sure. It's just that every year, about three days before Christmas, he asks if we're going to be around that morning. And then he brings us a cheese and meat tray. How many meat and cheese trays have you had this year? From Jim? Total. Oh, in our lifetime? No, this year. None. Yeah, really? none. No, this well, is a Christmas. I mean, Christmas, where do you get a cheese and meat a, tray for? We're a Christmas. third one at work already. Who brings you those? The magic fridge makes Everybody. Them? Yeah. We, we didn't get, talk about Randy's magic fridge in the last our farm. One. Peanut brittle? Yeah. Who oh, I had that? some peanut brittle when I was at your farm. Did you? I think so. Yeah. Pretty we, sure. Yeah, we get it every, like every year around this time before Christmas. From a certain person? or Yeah, it's it's an old, um, I think, accountant that my grandpa uh, used years ago. Okay. And they, every year, they send us a whole box of peanut brittle. Here's a box we, of peanut brittle. We just get from suppliers, customers, I mean, everybody. They just they just don't stop. Wow. Yeah, well, it's, it's pretty awesome. Must be nice. Yep. We FBN, have... we will be expecting a meat and cheese tray. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Farmers Business Network, you have my address. I welcome all cheese and meat trays. What's what's your address? Mm. <laughs> P.O. Box 4, Lowry, oh. Minnesota. Nice. Yeah, 56349. They'll, they'll, they'll fold that baby up and shove it in, shove it in nice. the P.O. Box. Just a rotten cheese and meatball. So we're back here recording another episode of the podcast. In the uh, Off the Husk Compound. Yes, and it's, it's in continuance to our last episode. We're here with... Eric and Erica Swatsky. Sawatsaki. <laughs> Talking about turkey farming and... Pressurizing birds. What we may have not <laughs> mentioned in the last episode is that Erica is the farm her in the family. And Eric is also a contributor to the farm. However, he works outside of the home as an agriculture teacher at our local high school. Correct? He's the ad- advisor. So if you're just tuning in, you should go back and listen to... The last one. The previous episode? Yep. Yes. First. Yes. And, and be- then, before... so we should take a few minutes to do that. Yeah. Yep. So we'll, we're all going to wait. We're going to wait. Yep. While you go do Let's that. Let's just sit here quietly for an hour and let them catch up. <laughs> and then in the meantime, before we really get rolling in this podcast, I would just like to mention that this podcast is brought to you by Farmers Business Network, the independent network of thousands of North America's most advanced farmers. The FBN Farmer to Farmer Network helps producers... Level the playing field by creating unprecedented transparency and competition for your business. Businesses, better yields, lower cost, and smarter marketing. Farming Connected is the key to your farm's financial performances. Holy shit. Here, here. Wow. You guys, I am. Cheers. Six Cheers, years everybody, in, to that. Also dyslexic, so that was a real challenge. And I hope the internet gives me credit. You read all of that backwards? Yeah. It's that deserves a. Real struggle. So, also, if people are interested in becoming a member of Farmers Business Network, they could use the Millennial Farmer as a reference and save one hundred of their own dollars. <laughs> okay, I'm out of beer. Oh, after reading all. Oh, look at oh, this. Oh, look at that. Squat ski team is on the double. <laughs> if you're a Paw Patrol fan, you would get that. But <laughs> <laughs> might be a little ahead of the game here. I don't know. Is that number five for you? 
Yeah, but they're right, we better hammer this out. They're Michelob Ultra. Yep. So. If we get to the bottom of six, we're done. <laughs> we're done. Something happens in there. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> okay, where did where where do we pick up here? So oh, we were talking about Eric is the egg teacher and FFA advisor. He sits by the owl at our uh, one of our local school districts. He has here. to deal with those awful, awful human beings of teenage beings well they're wonderful human beings but when we're that age we're just, they, we're all kind of well like i've said they're almost fun they will be very soon so i just try to finish they're just them in off. that awkward stage they're in their awkward stage it's okay they're so what, do you, what all do you what all do you teach well it's agricultural education so it depends on what school community you're in where we are west central minnesota we're focused on plant science a little bit of animal science farm business management um, do 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 you or we? It's it's our school district you work for. Yep. Do we still have a shop class? We do. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So small engines, automotive maintenance, yep. a little bit of ag mechanics. Uh, it, it would be great someday to be able to get into a lot of the technology that you see on farms these days. It's expensive for a public school to do. Uh, but yeah, we, we would love to expose our students to these experiences as soon as possible because you know just as well as anybody if you had somebody that could operate some of these GPS units and all these computer units and help your operation move quickly during planting and harvest, you would pay them a There's lot value more in that. Yeah, than definitely. somebody who can just turn a wrench. Yep. Yeah, right. There, there's a value there. Yep. So we're, we're moving towards that. To me, it seems like West Central, uh, that's our school district, might have an advanced FFA group. Um, I don't know if that's the case because I really don't know much about other FFA groups. But we, our group went to South Africa. Is that correct? Yep. We just had a group go. We had eight students go to South Africa this summer just to get an understanding of a whole different perspective of where agriculture is in a different part of our world. So we brought them down there and, and gave them the opportunity to see, hey, there's, there's more than just what you see where we have around here 2,000-acre farms. You might see somebody in that area that has two head of cattle and 10 acres. Egg is bigger than your township. Did you get to go on that? This time around, I didn't. My uh, first baby girl, Emma, was born while we were gone, so I did not go on this one. I've, I've taken students before, though. To, oh, so to you've South been Africa. to South Africa? Yeah. So how stressful is it to bring a bunch of high schoolers to South Africa? So, I, I mean, for an ag teacher, it's I, honestly not that big of a deal. I know that sounds weird, but... We're gonna be. You in sound a, like a daycare provider. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, come on. Is that, what I used to say. Like, be you away, right? I'd be terrified in South Africa kids. alone. <laughs> I'm just gonna bad. take them to another country. I just Don't give worry. everybody a job and a purpose, and they all just really do a really good job. <laughs> they have the uh, a lot of the diamond mines there. Have you ever stumbled yep, across yep. those while you're so there? So we, we when we're out there, we drive them by Talk some new mines. So the mines aren't really that active anymore. So you just drive by piles where they used to do it. So it's just it's piles of old diamonds. Literally. The old blood they, di- the blood diamonds, yeah, right? If you if you watch uh, Discovery Channel, the the gold miners, it'd be like that, but all they do is they re-sift through it cuz the technology's better so they get more diamonds ah. out of the old pile. That's what you see. So it's not there's no new mines anymore, I guess. Is that where Erica's ring came from? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I scavenged that off the side of the road. There was a ditch. Polished it yourself, cut it. I polished it and cut it. <laughs> I have a microscope that I... wheel. I have to figure out how to sell that microscope now, but we're doing okay. <laughs> but no, it it it's 
it sounds weird to say, but once you know that you have a safe place to take them and you have safe people to take them to when they're there, it's just like being in the classroom. How many how many times have you gone? I've gone twice, but I've organized three, four trips. Wow. Yeah. Was so, the so, first obviously had to be the most nerve-wracking. The first was actually with a bunch of other teachers. Oh. oh so, so you did a trial run. Yep, trial run. You guys you probably were, didn't get into any trouble. All no there. trouble whatsoever. You're right. No. Yep. yep. No. <laughs> so no. I, I got to be a little, I'm not sure how to word this. Zach, but I, you were not an FFA, were you? Yeah, I was an FFA. But you weren't very active. Yeah, we just didn't have Did you a, or do you not have the jacket? I don't have a jacket. Uh-uh. I, I have Nate's old jacket. He was very active. So anyway, I may have an opportunity to go to South Africa in the near future, Johannesburg area. Yep. Pretty sure that's where I would fly into. Yep, you would. Um, I haven't dug into it too deeply, honestly, because I'm a little nervous. Because I've heard some really crazy things about the safety or the non-safety of, right. of going over there. Right. This coming from a guy who just goes off the rails in Mexico... <laughs> yeah, yeah, on but vacation. Brandy, like. that is not podcast material. <laughs> well, Which means there's some good stories here. Yes. Um, yeah, let's go back to Africa. Yeah. <laughs> here, here's the angle. I'll try to do this non-Minnesota. I'm going to go somewhere else because it's safer because it's not here. If you take somebody to California, if you take a bunch of students, if you take yourself, you go to San Diego, you go to the San Diego Zoo, you go to SeaWorld, you may choose not to go to Tijuana for whichever reasons you choose not to go to Tijuana. But they're mm-hmm. not that genuine of experiences. They're fabricated. That's true. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at, though, is the safety of you're you're only 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever Tijuana is away. You can but go there to is also a barbed wire fence between them, and a and a pretty like there's true. A, there's a true. difference there. You just need to talk to some locals and very quickly, just like if you went into the, the Twin Cities, you can say, "I'm no, I'm new here. Where do I not go?" You know where not to go. Yeah. There, are, there are mostly safe places. Everywhere. Nine times out of ten, the the person you're going to run into on the street is going to steer you correctly. Correct. One time out of the ten, the guy is going to be like, "Oh yeah, here's my neighbor who will right. jack you." Right and what up. I do is I use university professors. So I know univers- university professors down in South Africa. I trust them. Yeah. They're going to tell me where to take students. Yeah, you're Will not... you come with me to Johannesburg? Because I really want to go. <laughs> you pay for the I'm ticket. I'm just terrified. <laughs> I'll be there. Oh, they'll cover it. Oh, perfect. I'll be there. <laughs> Can I come too? <laughs> hey now. Hey. We're hey, all welcome. Hey, hey, I'll hey. send the email right now. <laughs> so in South Africa, where you... Uh, so do you have a group of farmers that you always go to, kind of the same ones? Or do you have someone there you're you're dealing with yeah so what what i've got set up is a professor if you were to look at like a two-year ag school in minnesota there's a professor a group of professors there it's the same thing there i have a professor that teaches agricultural economics down in south africa just so happens to have a tie with the university of minnesota he's the guy that i've been connected with who brings me to all the same farms all the same research facilities every single year so our program takes almost no planning on our side. We spend all our time on fundraising just to be able to get our kids to go there. We don't have to think about security, safety, uh, what our program is going to be. We know exactly what's going to happen when we get there. So that's pretty straightforward. That's awesome. We, yeah. we donated the, the fire department through our, through our pull tabs. Um, so we call it our uh, relief association. Yeah. Um, but the last trip here, 
Uh, did we do prior? I know the last trip we did. Yeah, we've done one trip with West Central so far. Okay, so, it was just yep. the one with West Central. Okay, yep. yeah. Yep. And I know we donated to that one yep. um, to help to send. Where were you before here? Yeah, so I taught at Dassel Kokato High School um, and took a couple of groups with a South Africa trip out of that for, um, I, I let's see, I've done two trips there, the one with the teachers, and now this will be the third, the fourth trip was with these kids. The next one we're going to get approved, uh, hopefully in the next couple months here for 2021 and take some more kids. So, and that'll be West Central kids again? Yep. Yeah. So are you kind of, is this something that's going on? I mean, obviously it's not going on at all FFA chapters, but are you, it, it, am I correct in my presumption that WCC, WCA is, that's not an opportunity that all FFAers have, right? And that's exactly why I'm doing it. When I was in high school, I had an opportunity to go on an FFA trip because of National FFA. National FFA has a phenomenal international ag opportunity, but that's very hard to get into. You would mm-hmm. really have to be involved, very involved to be able to be Zach a part and- of it. And Randy are passing notes back and forth. I, and I can talk over it because I'm a teacher. And they, they typically just, text it these days, but they're, they're handwriting. It really didn't even phase the teacher. However, well, like, in he's our pretending. Defense. In he's our defense. pretending. No, he's pre- the teacher here was pretending like kids are passing notes back and forth in class. Like, I'm they're texting. Let's be real. Nobody is passing notes back and forth. They don't know how to write anymore. <laughs> so in our defense, the first two notes were serious. And then the it next note, him. Randy wrote, go F yourself, and I had already drawn a dick. <laughs> I, I have kids that probably text the same thing, an eggplant an egg, right? See? There's my... <laughs> there's, there's my go F yourself. <laughs> All right. Flip it back over to the real notes. Oh, All right. As get, you were saying... Get, get professional. <laughs> yeah. Professional up. And, and to, by professional, you mean where, where were we? Oh, we we were talking about the how this podcast is brought to you by Farmers Business Network. No, we've already had <laughs> no? that. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, okay. yeah. No, so the opportunity that our West Central kids have right now because they have such a, uh, what's the word? The Motivated the egg teacher. Motivated egg teacher. Thank Whoa. you, Erica. Well, I think we've finally gotten to a point, at least in rural America, to prove to school districts that you don't have to have every student go to a four-year college and get a liberal arts degree. Absolutely. You need to go to a tech school, figure out what you like, and not spend so much money on student loans, but just figure out, do you want to be a agronomist? Do you want to be a seed sales rep? Do you want to be a veterinary technician? And that's our role is to help them find that. And, and we are valuable again. We weren't valuable 20 years ago. Right. 20 years ago, everybody was going to college. And it was the thing that you had to do. It was the thing to do. Yeah, you got to go to college. Yep. And it it was a sad result of the farm crisis. In the 1980s, every farmer told their kid, get off the farm, go somewhere else. But we're in farm crisis again right now, right? And guess what the farmers are saying to their kid? This time around, go to a two-year school. Don't go in debt. Go work for farms, but don't own the farm. Well, millennials, our generation, is like we, we are... Fiscally conservative, mm-hmm. people maybe don't want to believe that, but w- but we are. We're like, afraid. We're afraid of losing the yeah. money that our parents did. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of that too comes from the the 2008 situation, yeah. and the and the way the bottom just kind of mm-hmm. fell out of everything we knew. Well, it's, it's no different than Eric was talking the last one. Like 
I don't want to be the one to F up the the sixth generation farm. Right, Mm -hmm. right. And we came into adulthood at a very, very scary time. I mean, it was. It was a scary time to become an adult. The economy was crazy. I mean, nobody knew what was going to happen. Nobody could tell us what to do, where to go, how to do it, because nobody knew. And so now here we are in our basement talking about turkey farming and FFA. <laughs> yeah, bring her back in. Way to go, Zach. Right. Spin that around. <laughs> but I will say what it, what it has done is it's put perspective on our kids at a younger age. So our kids now, what I teach is 9th through 12th grade. A 10th grader already knows that life is serious a lot more than I think we did when we were in high school. So they don't know what the answers are at all. They don't know what the questions are to ask, but they know very soon I'm going to be an adult. It's not that I'm going to be going to graduate and have four more years of goofing off in college and then have to become an adult. It's I might have to become an adult the day I graduate. So they're asking better questions now. They don't know how to ask them, but they're just saying, what do I need to know? And so like, I have a student right now who has no ag experience whatsoever, and she has taken the work experience program. She's working at a nursing home, just doing the, the lunches for the residents. And in the last six months, we've found out that she needs to become an agronomist. She has no ag background whatsoever, but because of what she wants to do and the kind of drive she has, she should be an agronomist. Luckily, she's in 10th grade. We have a chance. If she would have gone to college for something medical, she would have spent eighty or $100,000 at a college degree. To figure out, to that's, figure out that's not, not what, what she wants to do. Right. right. Huh. Yep. It's, it's, it's heavier to be a teacher in high school now, I think, than ever before because we are now the counselors of their career instead of the colleges. Right. Don't screw that up. I know. Do you yeah, know right. what my Do you know what my teenager should be, teenager should be? What What should we do? With her? Yeah, do what? you know? I need I'm some thinking real not an agronomist. No. Does she want to pick eggs? <laughs> yeah. Oh God. We don't need any egg pickers yeah, anymore. But oh. if she wants to load market birds once every few months, see. <laughs> you don't want her loading market birds either. <laughs> I value your guys' friendships a little bit too much. <laughs> to put that on us? Yeah, yeah. Let's, you don't have to deal with that. Well, I, I wanted to ask Eric about um, the Farm All H that they're working on. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, how, do I, how do I buy that? I want to get a hold of that. Well, it, the, you don't want to buy it now. You want to buy it when it's done. It's pretty tore up right now. Oh, yeah. That's Big awesome. Yep. But you guys are going to auction it off? Or raffle it off. I think we're going to raffle it off. Yeah. I haven't decided yet what we're going to do. It'd be fun to auction it because here's what happened is our local auctioneer who does our metal to money auction helped us get that yep. piece of equipment. Which so is, cool. we should explain so first. Wait, that the, yeah, the, the, the this, is a, this is not Eric's tractor. Right. This, this is, is the school's. Yep. The school bought a tractor off auction and the kids are re- restoring our, it. Restoring our it. local yeah. auctioneer, who uh, is a graduate of the school system, had bought... Uh, I'm uh, assuming Hanson's. Yep, our, bought our tractor for us, uh, Farmal H, to restore. And we're going to restore it. It's going to take some time with our current school schedule, so it might be two years before we're ready to go with it. But then, yeah, we're either going to do a raffle or wow. an auction. This is that's like, really cool. This that is when you're talking about fundraising. That is some creative. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's genius. Well, I just posed the question yesterday to some folks from the community. I said, should we still be working on Farmall H's? I mean, think about it. What you see on all of the videos that are going on about current farming and all the technology and everything, should you still be doing Farmall H's? And the answer is absolutely yes. For sure. Well, it's international, though. <laughs> yeah, there's that. <laughs> but but in all reality, you're always yeah. going to have to work no, on those. That's pretty cool. You yeah. you still have to do the core of mechanics. If you can't understand a drive train, you're not going to understand why the computer system doesn't know what's going on. Yep. Yeah. Or the internal combustion engine. Yeah. If you don't understand the basics of an internal combustion engine, it right. doesn't matter what the computer says. Right. How extensive of a of an overhauler, uh, nearly uh, complete. We it's starting to feel like what we just dealt with. We took it outside and let it sit out for a couple of days in the freeze. We probably have some moisture brewed in the USA. <laughs> oh, Whoa. Beer tower. What'd you do? Tumble. We have probably some moisture in the transmission, so we're gonna tear that apart now. So, did, but like, is it regular moisture you- or is it? Moisture. But, Find out soon enough. But you're gonna go back and do it again and do it right. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, God, I love so you, it. Did you like? Uh, did you rebuild the engine? Not yet. Well, same thing. Okay. We, we haven't had a course yet to start working on it. Next spring oh, is the first course. Oh, you just course. got it. We just we we've had it. We just haven't had class this semester oh, okay. to start working gotcha. on it. So yep. okay, we'll start on that. But to go back to what Becky just said about that, what's been great is I have a small engines class and. One of the things that's really important is for our students to experience some failure. So I have about 50 engines, small engines, things you put on a tiller or a snowblower, and that's a lot of what we do. And the kids go, why am I going to have to keep tearing apart a model engine I'm never going to use again? By about halfway through the class, they go, I feel a little better about the fact that this isn't an engine on somebody's (laughs) piece of equipment they're going to take home because I need to torque a crankshaft. I need to set the armature air gap. I need to know what that feels like to torque to that setting on something that doesn't need to operate. And so with the H, that's another piece of that. It's just work on something that isn't critical so that when it's time to come to something critical, you feel confidence. Maybe the you know the older you get, like I love this stuff. I think that all school projects should be I think not all cuz project based learning does not serve everyone but i i just love project based learning right. for i mean on all levels and i think about when you know you're talking about maybe at the beginning level it doesn't serve for them to have the pressure of will it work will it not work is it going to fail but then you know when they're older and they're more able I mean, can they provide a service to, you know, somebody in the community who maybe can't afford to bring their small engine and their snowblower to have repaired, then the high schoolers can provide that service. I just think there's such an opportunity. It's just good learning for life. Do you do any of that? Someone's snowblower doesn't run right, they bring it to you? Yep, we have two tillers right now that we're working on for this spring that we're working on to get them prepared. They've got gear problems or they've got chain issues or whatever so they'll, um, they'll basically buy the parts and, and yep so the kids are gonna that what they do is they record their hours um they estimate what the cost would be in a real life situation oh, we don't okay. charge the community member but we right. estimate that and then they have to learn how to go and search that part number and then buy that part and put that part in oh wow so the yep, whole deal. go through the whole process yeah, that's okay cool. yep, yep, yeah yep. i love it that they have to call and buy the part because yep. that's something that their generation is lacking in mm-hmm. they'd rather how to text make it. a make how to make a right. phone call and order a part yep 
Yeah, the, and, and, and ask they have for the guys. But yeah, the yeah. guys, not the gals, the guys, yeah. right? But they also have to call the customer and say, "We have found this. This is what it'll cost. Do you want me to call and purchase that part?" Yeah, that's important. Just as important right. too. It's so unbelievable to think. I think we're twelve years into the smartphone. Is that what eleven it, or twelve that's years? That's probably down. right. I think we're eleven or twelve years. My in. official date. My dad's it, six months into a smartphone. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, and he'll never get it. So he I'm, will always be six months right. into a smartphone. He does have podcast. <laughs> yeah. he, he's got the Stitcher app now. He listens to the podcast on the it. off the husk. He, he does. show him how to hit the little plus button, so it's a favorite. Definitely nice. <laughs> so you I get, get it for him. So I oh, get yeah. a. Yeah. Uh, 14-year-old now, they were three years old and the smartphone was invented. They That's have all they've no, known. They have no idea what we're trying to... We're trying to create a reality for them that doesn't make sense to them. So we have to completely reteach those skill sets to them because they're going to have to it's live in that. You, you should I mean, throw them in the... This is uh, nothing different, though. Back than to the, the pre- old person talk. <laughs> than the previous generation. I mean, they didn't used to have, like, refrigerators. Seriously. They had to like have ice boxes. We went way back. Yeah, you you jumped a long ways back, there, Becky. Uh, it's really it's really not. I that mean, like far you know, back. like our parents used to have to go kill buffalo. <laughs> okay, so what's they were luxury? bison, not buffalo. Yeah, what's the yeah, not the buffalo. Bison. I was bison. gonna say. I was gonna say you should throw them the old. Uh, is that they call it a radio phone? What do they call the phone that the you dial? That's you spun in the circle. Yeah. Oh, what is, is the name of it? Rotary. Rotary, rotary phone. Yeah, yeah you, you should throw them yeah. a rotary phone and tell I them had a rotary phone that I could walk the all the way to the middle yeah, of the. They would. Push the <laughs> I could walk to the middle of the stanchion barn and yell at dad because mom's on the phone from back yeah. down. Because you had the long cord yep. on it. Oh yeah. I have a good story. You had to wait for grandma to pick it up because you answered it in the barn, <laughs> yeah. and you're waiting for grandma to just yep. answer it in the house so yep. that she could talk to him. So them. our two nieces, they're uh, 18 and 17 right now, and I nannied them when they were babies. Before Aurora lived with us as our own, I nannied them every summer, and I drove an older vehicle compared to their ve- parents. And one summer I went to go pick them up, and I don't, they were probably in booster seats, Aurora and little Audrey. And they didn't know how to roll the windows down because I drove a 1986 Chevy Celebrity. You had to, do, you had to use a crank. And their mom had a, a 1998 Saturn or I don't know what it was, Saturn or whatever. And they had never seen crank windows before. (laughs) Well, what was it? Five years ago, we were, we were at the bar and the phone rang, like the phone at the bar rang. The landline. The landline landline phone. And I like neither Becky or I, nobody in the place had two thoughts about it. Right. And Onyx just looks at me and he's like, what's that? Oh no! Like had no idea what in the world that sound was. Because like, that was stood like a rotary him. phone ringer. It was like the ding 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 ding. Oh really? Yeah. Like, Probably was a rotary phone. Like the, hanging the actual the, little the hammer bell. hitting the inside the, of the, the bell. bell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Onyx was like, "Do we run? Is that a fire alarm?" Yeah, he didn't on? know what was going on. So let's make the big hard spin. What I'm doing in ag education. Talk into the mic. What I'm doing in ag education. Does that sound better? It's it's so hard to stay on top of it, if that makes some sense. What you guys are doing in the farm has moved so fast. 
that it's hard for us in public education to stay on top of what we're doing with our kids. So we have to generalize. So what we do is we generalize the idea of technology or we generalize the idea of uh, selective breeding or the use of antibiotics, hormones, steroids, whatever we have to do to get to a point where if the if the kid in the classroom is sitting there and they have no ag experience, they either gain that value and think about a career path in it or gain that value and at least view agriculture from the agriculture perspective before they head out. Yes. That's that's a big part you of our role. You have to engage them on any element, right? Because, I mean, the reality is that this is where these kids live. Some of them are going to fly the nest and maybe go elsewhere, but the majority of them are probably going to stay in the Midwest, <laughs> somewhere in the Midwest. Yep. And the reality is, is that agriculture drives the Midwest. Right. And so ag has a tie to almost every business. I mean, I mean, talk about well, especially cars. Especially in our area. Car, yeah. But that's all of the Midwest. It's not just our area. Yeah. Unless you're in that, that small county that's in the actual heart of the city, Chicago, Minneapolis. I mean, ag drives it all. Drives it all. Car salesmen. I mean, they... Why, what would egg have to do with their business? Everything. I mean, that is what drives their numbers. That's what... Right. Well, whether you're an electrician, egg, whether you're whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, electricians. You take egg away from the rural areas, what happens to the small towns? Yeah. Right. You know, that. I mean, that's the, that's the industry. Right. Our, go to the electrician. Our electrician knows when our, when our uh, loader goes down when we're AIing, he doesn't get to say, I'll be there in three days. He says, I drop everything. That's where I have to go. I have to be there because Oakdale can't breed birds without having that loader. No pressurization of the birds. No pressurization of the birds if I don't get that electricity going. (laughs) Right. Yes. (laughs) If you don't get it, go back a podcast. Hopefully, hopefully it was on that podcast. You were supposed to have done that by now. Not on the first one, right? Yeah, I I mean, there's just, there's so many, you know, the small towns just, they revolve around, so much of it revolves around agriculture. And that's not saying any job is more or less important than the next, or it's not saying that the farmer has the most important jobs, but... When you look at just agriculture as a whole, if you take that away, everybody moves to the, in this country, to the coast for the most part, right? Or the major metropolitan areas. In Minnesota, you move to the Iron Range or Minneapolis. So I think it'd be important to note that in this area, you'd think what we're talking about right now, that must mean that FFA and ag education is shrinking because rural America is shrinking. We are growing faster than we've ever grown as an organization. FFA is? FFA is, yes. In in just the state or no, in general? Nationwide. Nationwide, awesome. we are bigger than we've ever been. Our our national convention was in Kansas City forever, from 1928 till I believe 1998. They had to move because it got so big that some schools had to drive two hours in every single day from their hotel because they filled every hotel within a two-hour radius. So we got so big, that was at 30,000, 35,000. We're now at 75,000 kids a year going to the National FFA Convention. Which is now held in Indianapolis. In Why Indi- is it in, in October? Indy is a bigger, Indy will hold <laughs> more people than Kansas that? City. Can we change that? I mean, who By are the more, people yeah. that are in charge of that? Are well, they aware of the problem? 
the, I, I think part of the issue is it was originally built around American Royal. And American Royal is held in Kansas City and it's held around that time. But I also think part of it is that hurts for us here, but harvest happens different everywhere else, time-wise. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it hurts for us, but it doesn't hurt everybody else as much. I think that's a part of it, why they're never going to really change that. But why would you change it if you've grown from 35, 40,000 to 75,000 right. in right. Don't change years? what's broke, yeah. I'm still hung up on the fact that Indy will hold more people than Kansas City. By far more. It's unbelievable how big that city has gotten. Indianapolis? Mm-hmm. I get Way through Indianapolis a fair amount. And, they, and they've got a great, that interstate is why. Their interstate is phenomenal. It just, it seems like Indy doesn't seem like that big of a no, city. But they've got that many hotels. That's nuts. That's all it is. That's nuts. Yep. I believe we struggled to find a hotel there at 4.30 in the morning one time. <laughs> 4.30 would be a tough time to find a hotel. <laughs> um... Well, that was I, in so I have struggled to find a hotel in Indianapolis at 4.30 in the morning a few times. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that's, that you were already at that you couldn't it, find? Or? Well, no, no. It's just that <laughs> I, I failed to call anywhere oh. until about 4 a.m. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so. Lightning round. Do we lightning have a lightning round? round? Already? I don't know. Yeah, let's do it. In the middle of the podcast? guess we don't have to. Zach. I didn't have an what FFA lightning round yet. I didn't have that prepared. I still had one from the turkeys. Well, yeah, we're gonna touch. We're coming back to the turkey. We need to go back to the turkey. We're just first. gonna jump back to the turkey talk. We need to go back to the. Yeah. So, so bring it in. So, Erica is still here. She does a phenomenal job at listening. I'm impressed. Egg education is great, but it's not my forte. Turkey farming is right. <laughs> so when you get done at school, you go home. To help Erica. Yeah, I mean it's it's what it is for me is most days it's business side. I get home and we talk about what's going on in the turkey farm because in in reality I get done at five. What am I going to do on the farm? So it's more about. Come how, on now, you're a teacher. You I, work until five. I know, I know, I know. Aren't you done when the bell rings at three fifteen? I run as fast as I can to beat the kids <laughs> yeah. <out>. No, <laughs> you know we spend a lot of time with our kids working on all of our other. Kind when the does. bell does ring at 3.15 and all the kids fly out of that building, yep. are you just like, yes? Because then you can get the crap done that you've been wanting to get done all day? To some degree, honestly, yeah. The yeah. the right things. The FFA things, the egg program things that are not the tied to the school. The kids that want to be The kids that want to be there stay. Involved. Yes. Yes. They're still around working on something? Yep, they'll stick around. Yeah, there are many days that I have kids sitting before... <laughs> Before I get there, they're sitting in the hallway wanting to learn about small animals, wanting to learn about parliamentary procedure when I get there at 7, 7.15 in the morning, and they'll stay till 5 o'clock at night. Not just because they're there for detention? They are morning detention. there because they <laughs> want still a thing? I was going to say, that I, I was still there at 3.15 a few times. But, <laughs> but it, there's it, a it difference between by choice. It was, detention yeah. is wasn't because I love parliamentary. Thing, is it? We always had no. morning detention. No. Detention is really? not even a thing? No. Detention is pretty well dead i think what most of it's in school suspension oh that was way easier yeah it It didn't even annoy your parents at all so nobody cared you didn't even have to really tell them right that's a different podcast (laughs) oh man yeah it's a different deal just a little iss no big deal the amount of times i was at school at 7 15 for morning detention morning we didn't have morning detention i didn't show up for the late detention because i i wanted to get home to farm 
So then they, they made a morning detention. They even tried a noon detention where you just had to eat so your lunch. Oh, yeah, that's, teachers. that's so no this big is deal either. They that was like funny. It's so easier and easier right on the kids. Detention kid. is not <laughs> no, anymore. Like, there's oh, no detention. so PM detention won't work for you? We'll do morning. So instead of... So <laughs> we'll morning, tailor your morning detention. Morning doesn't work? I tell you what. Take your lunch tray to the history <laughs> teacher's classroom and uh, sit in there and eat lunch. So now what it is is... You don't like school? We'll just take you out of the classes you don't like and make you sit in a quiet room. Okay, I'll sit in the quiet room instead of being in the class I don't like. Are those the two rooms in the in the Yep. There's two little there's rooms. Two little rooms inside right? the office. Like yep. Bathroom stalls. I've maybe been there a time or two. <laughs> you know the, what I'm talking about. I rooms. lived in those. They have a giant glass school. door, so the secretary yep. can Everybody look inside knows. of them and see you there. Yep. It's just big enough for a desk to sit there. Yep. At our school, because I didn't go to the same high school as what you teach at right. or that Randy went to. Or did you go, Erica, did you go to West Central? Yeah. And Becky went to a different one. Yeah. She's the odd, well, her and I, I guess. Yeah, we didn't. So ISS was, you either had a giant glass door on the edge of the library. Oh. Or there was an ISS room where you sat with like six other kids and there was a teacher in there. In and it was about Prairie. the size of this studio, this amazing podcast compound. Our ISS room was just big enough for the desk and you'd like squeeze beside the desk to get on the other side yeah. of it to sit down. In Long sure. Prairie, we had cubicles. They had a desk that had three sides and you, you, you sat there. You had a desk with three sides? I'm envisioning. With well, a wall. On, oh, in our gotcha. ISS okay. room, when I say it was as big as this deal, we yeah. were all cubicled away from each other. Yeah, there was but a But Todd and I had it figured out where if we sat straight across from each other, we could pass stuff underneath the desk, like, right. you know, dick no. pictures. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> you no, guys but we're, were... But oh. what Randy's talking about Todd is... Todd and I would every... always go to ISS together, because why do you think I was in ISS? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was buddies with Todd. But when Randy got in trouble, Randy was put on parade, basically. Anybody that went to the high school office saw Randy in the... Yeah, anybody who went to the high school office, like you look through that glass door and there's a dude sitting in there. How embarrassing. Usually yep. sleeping. <laughs> They'd let you do that? Oh, yeah. Well, what else? Like, how many times are they going to come and wake you before they're like, screw it, I got to get my work done? Too. Yeah, right. I suppose. Yeah. I suppose, yeah. I was so terrible in high school. I was way out of any of your. I actually wasn't that bad, but it was what bad. happened? I mean, <laughs> I never had detention. Eric never had Rachel. detention ever. Even the morning, afternoon, or noon detention. No, I, I worked before school and after, so I, I. Well, that's why kid. they came up with noon detention I, yeah. because you don't. Show I milked up cows before and after school, and yeah. I still had detention. It what worked are you out well. About? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't try hard enough. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you need. You needed to run with friends who would get you in more trouble. Yes. <laughs> You're true friends. All right. So let's bring her. Let's bring it back to Erica. What did we miss on episode previous? the episode previous to this with Erica? She's a turkey farmer. Erica, what's it like to be a female in the man's world of agriculture? What have been the hurdles for you? What's your favorite part? What don't you like? I don't know. Can you just riff on, you know, being a chick who grows birds? <laughs> but she's a brewer. A, pult. a, a what? A brewer. We a brewer. A bird. Like, what time... <laughs> Typically, what time of the year do you plant your birds? Well, 
so that I well, meant that to be a joke, like planting corn. <laughs> oh. But I'll listen to the answer I did, I because didn't. you you might have outsmarted me there. I don't I don't know what's happening. I didn't catch on. Well, I was gonna say, uh, you know, it depends, and and actually, when we place is what we call it, you know, place our poults, not plant, um, not plant. Yeah, that will be so different from when we had breeder hens. So now, you know, transitioning to market turkeys, um, we're actually going to be placing poults every seven weeks instead of it was seven weeks in and out yeah for a group of birds yeah yep uh, you you raise the birds in seven weeks they leave yes um yes no sorry so i'm trying to think because i we've got we have i have a whole schedule of you know when we place so we will raise a flock um in 12 weeks but our turnover of when we are placing our poults will be every seven weeks. Oh, because you have it because you have an offset. Yes. Yep. So we'll we'll be so we'll still have two flocks at the same time. Oh gotcha. Um, but they'll be two different ages. Yeah. So so we will be raising light hens is is what we call them. And that is like twelve ish pounds. And so that you know, remember you can eat turkey year round, but light hens are typically what you see at Thanksgiving, your whole bird. At Thanksgiving. So do you raise, how about the toms then? So I they're mean, market birds are different. only only hens? For us, they will be, yeah. Okay. I, you know, we could still mistakenly mm-hmm. get a few toms. And but then you, you'll just raise them normal? Normal, and they'll just go to market with the hens. What if, what if, they, what if they breed the hens? Doesn't matter, I suppose, they're market well, birds. Well, they'll be too young. Yeah, they'll be too young, and... Um, what if they're an early bloomer? <laughs> um, well, oh god, oh boy. So, Randy, but like physiologically, they won't be gotcha. Really, like ready for that. And so, if he's, you go, if still you look at the high he's on from that line. <laughs> I know, and I'm like trying to be all serious and explain it. But you're doing a really good job. Never, never take it's, things too serious. Never take things too serious. It's a lot to hold your ground here. But if you go back and watch our YouTube video with Zach, with the the millennial farmer, the millennial actor who plays, don't bother watching Dirty Jobs with Micro. (laughs) You guys were on the Millennial Farmer YouTube channel. (laughs) We were. Um, You will see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we were on that. (laughs) But the point that that I'm getting at is those hens. For their bodies to physiologically like be ready to to breed, they have needs sex. To have sex. Bang. <laughs> bang. Little oh. turkey banging. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> they, but they. We gotta just let her talk. Oh jeez. <laughs> um. They. But so turkeys. I have so many more questions. I know. I know. <laughs> We're gonna have to have a suddenly Randy sex has a bunch class. of notes. Yes. So how do turkeys have sex? <laughs> So you want me to draw it on my? I have room on my notes. <laughs> Corey can tell you he did a lot of them. Okay, you guys. Corey did a lot of stop turkeys. Stop it! Everybody, stop! <laughs> Pressurize the crap out of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? What? Okay, let me let me ask you this: What makes a bird lay an egg? I mean, any bird. What makes a bird? Sunlight. Yes, sunlight. I learned that from the the YouTube video That's that you right. did with the millennial farmer. That's right. So light, so an increase in light, 
is what makes any photosynthesis. bird. Yeah, is what makes any bird. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. <reduce> chlorophyll. <laughs> right, no. Chlorophyll, more like borophyll. I'm sorry. <laughs> Close enough. Bor- Close enough. <laughs> But that oh. increase in light is what will make them, um, like... Rejuvenate. Pressurize? No. <laughs> oh, um, I, I think I know the limit on these <laughs> The wheels always fall off at the end. We're doing good. Um, but We're what right. an increase in light basically makes them come into reproduction. So, like... Horses are uh, like spring breeders, if that's what you want to call it. Sheep, you know, breed in the fall. So it all has to do with the amount of light that that they receive or don't receive. You can breed a sheep any time of the year, I've heard. <laughs> God damn it! I, I Randy had an actual question. I didn't question. know this. Wait a minute! I didn't know this. Light is a driver. You could breed for... a sheep any time of the year. You could not. Light. So light is a driver for oh, other God. reproductive Just groups other than birds. Clubs. Yeah. Yep. So like for humans, I know that it's like. Obviously, females are system sync up bases of who's the dominant one, and They're you know so I've heard good. that for ages. But so yeah. for other animals, it's not. It's light is a driver for sheep, really. The, um, a decrease in light with sheep, horses. Yeah, increase. you always turn the lights off. <laughs> you just dim them. <laughs> I and, can't stop. And yeah. is that because so light decreases in the winter time? So. Then that's when they breed, so then they know they're timing it correctly for like a spring birth. Is that how yeah. it works? Yep. Wow. Well, and, and she, well, and sheep. I mean, it it'll be like like late late yeah winter. I mean, it's you know January, February, March. So not I don't know if that's technically spring, but but, but yeah, but yeah, the the amount of light um, or not any I amount did of light. Not that, know that. Yeah, so that will affect the. The reproductive hormones. Soybeans do. So in your- soybeans essentially do the same thing, like with the solstice. Well, they start shutting down with the light. Yeah, they shut down after June twentieth. Yep. June twenty yeah. first. Yeah. yeah, after the spring solstice. So with the market hens, mm-hmm. how do you keep them from laying eggs? So well. Or do they? They so they'll they'll be too young. I mean, when they go to market, oh, okay. they'll it's just they it's an age it. thing. Yeah, it's so it's an age thing. But but that has been a problem for other farmers. This is kind of a side note, but avian influenza, you know, our industry has experienced that. And so in 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 low pathogenic uh, avian influenza, so that's like a cold that you and I get. And and I should say too, I mean that is something that is tested for in in our industry. So birds are tested for that before they go to market. But if there's a farmer whose flock has that, they they hold them, um, and so they don't go to market until you know they until they're healthy basically. And so there have been farmers that um, have had to hold their hens long enough that they do start laying eggs j- because they oh. because they are old enough. Yeah. Um, Eating scrambled eggs like a mofo. Because it's all about the timing. <laughs> no, yeah. it is. It, it is timing. But then, you know, um, the light isn't necessarily like... Um, they they get too much light and they're at an old at an old enough age, and it kind of induces an early puberty, maybe even. 
Well, it just their body is ready to lay eggs. Right. You know. That's just what it yeah. is. So so that has happened to farmers. I mean, I you know, I don't think that it will happen to us. I can't say that. Normally but, it shouldn't. But though. normally it shouldn't, right? So what do they do? So we talked in the last podcast, humans actually sex the egg or the the bird the chicks, the the bruise? Pulse. 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 God, I'm gonna get this right. Uh, so what do they do with all the all the the males? So there's a lot of farmers who just raise toms for for, for, for meat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. So they're bigger, so they, I would assume it just means more meat, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you're just right. specializing in the hens. We they're are specializing in the yep in the toms. Yeah. So our hens are gonna be the ones that you put in the oven. 13 pounds is kind of the close to the max you can fit in an oven Okay. versus the turkey meat used to make other byproducts. Maybe. Yeah. Like for like for the process, like your ground turkey, your deli meat, um, th- those type of products. Like so the like, Renaissance Festival. Or, the, or the giant turkey legs. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, a farmer who's raising like heavy toms, for example, I mean, those toms will be like 40 pounds. You know, so, I mean, even, you know, like we had said, our breeder toms were 65 pounds. Right. That's a really big bird. But even, you know, your your heavy toms But a, raising big. toms maybe has even more risk because it costs more to feed them, to keep them alive, to keep them healthy. And if a barn of toms goes down versus a barn of hens, it's a lot of you've pounds. lost that much more. Yeah. it's yep. a, You've got to be a real gambler. Yeah. Yeah. And they get mean. Imagine a whole barn full of toms. Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Randy. Uh, I'm, yeah, I've dealt with mean toms. Oh, okay. So I think so. I don't think that I ever answered your question though about being a female. Farmer. Female, yeah. Let's I don't do know it. how we got off topic. But oh, weird. I know. It might be this. <laughs> this just squirted me in the eye. So yeah, I'm raising two. I am raising you. You guys, you have a baby and it's a girl, right? Right. And I have two young girls up and coming in the world of egg. They have an older brother to, I mean, not necessarily compete with, but I mean, I kind of, I, in my eyes, I think it's kind of a competition. He's, he's got the one up on them, especially being the oldest and he's a male. He's going to, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to because I am, I will be a forefighter for my girls. But, I mean, being a girl in the world of egg, just what does that, what does that mean now? Like, what, where are we at with things? So, um, I've never, like, let that hold me back, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, so looking at the, the history of my family farm, you know, my great-great-grandmother started raising the turkeys. And this is fascinating because this was... Early 1900s. 1900s. And your grandmother saw the need financially, and she's just like, this is what we're going to do. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So she started raising turkeys as a supplemental income for her family. And um, in each generation, you know, after her, there's just always been a strong woman who's been a leader on the farm you know my grandmother for example was active on the farm but she did a lot of promoting um, of the industry you know so growing up we were in parades wearing turkey costumes holding up signs that said eat more turkey you know um so there's always been a very strong female leader you know presence on our farm and so i guess being a female i've never looked at it as any I don't different. Know, like any different. Yeah. Right. And you know, I mean my my parents have always said 
you can do whatever you you want you know we believe in you believe in yourself right. and and I, the other thing too you know we talked about this on the first podcast that we had to re-record the first first one <laughs> the first, or the first, first one. second one the first first one okay um you know that for me uh having a uh, being raised on a turkey farm there's no other turkey farms in our area so I've always had to talk about and explain what we do and I think that's always given me the confidence I don't know to comfortably talk about what we do on our farm and and you didn't have anybody to compete against or to tell you otherwise kind of yeah Yeah. um and so I've just always had to explain like what we do and it's just always been very natural to me um so I've never felt like I've had to like prove myself I guess because there wasn't ever you know competition but um but I still run into those stereotypes like I had or so I'm the poultry representative on the board of animal health um, for the state of Minnesota and when I got on the board the press release for that said you know Erica and her husband farm you know and no, yes. it didn't say Erica Farms beside her husband. Or, yeah, yes. you know, something like like Erica Farms with her husband or, you know, and, and um, yes, Eric helps on the farm, but I'm the primary operator. Right. And, and so that press release didn't address it like that, you know. Right. And so, I mean, I run into those um, stereotypes and I've had salesmen, you know, that have said, hey, can I come out to the farm and talk to you and your husband? You know, and so then I'm always sarcastic and I say, well, why do you want to talk to my husband? Because he's an egg teacher, you know. Right. He's, He's not, not the primary here on the farm. Right, farmer. And so um I just you know, you kinda have to be sarcastic and be a smart ass and, and just take it as it just comes. Just take it as it comes, yeah. 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 Just stand up. So we talked previously a little bit about what seems to be, according to the statistics, an increase in females in agriculture. And then we talked about whether or not that was a statistic that existed because it was true or because it shifted onto paper. But I'm curious, Eric. Um, like, what's the what's the trend? What do you see with girls in agriculture or in FFA? As females, far as FFA students go, not just girls, females. Females in FFA. Well, aren't girls and females the they same? They are. <laughs> they're not, like not they're, anymore. It's it's political. labeled differently. They're not oh, yeah. the same. Like how buffalo and bison are different. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so I will, I'll take the high road on this. Uh, so the, <laughs> so the female involvement in FFA, what I think people maybe don't quite understand is that for probably almost 30 years now, we've seen about a 51%, 49% balance, 51% female leadership, 49% male leadership. So more in females. FFA. Yep. That, do, it, that doesn't surprise me at no, all. No, no. Yeah, and and but what's the statistic? So, so that's in the classroom. So I would want to just playing devil's advocate, going out into farm management. What is the t- statistic then? So yes, so the girls are showing this interest in the classroom. So then going on out into the actual real world, what then is presenting itself? Good question. I and I think what needs to be understood is that our role is not teaching farmers. Right. I think that that's what has to be broken down is our role is to farm or is to work with anybody that's going to work in agriculture and, and get them to a point of feeling valued within the industry. So think of all the females that are agronomists. Think of all the females that are working for a farm service agency. Think of all the females that are working in a veterinary tech position, vet clinic or whatever. 
they were all probably motivated through an FFA program of some kind. And, and yeah, what's going on on our farm where we have a, a lead now in the next generation that's going to be a female with Erica, that's a small um, sample size, but it's happening. There are plenty of farms out there that are going to be led in the next generation by females. Uh, so I think we need to stop thinking that it's it's a guy running the farm and a gal raising kids in the house that's going to bring out the sandwiches only. That's going to happen. So I have two daughters of my own and a and a niece who lives with us. So I guess I say two and a half daughters. The niece doesn't seem to have any interest in the farm. But I mean, like when I think about my kids taking over the farm, it doesn't matter to me if it's going to be Onyx or one of the two daughters, Isla and Rhiannon. Right. I mean, it just like, I guess I don't think about it that way. Right. Who, whoever has the interest in managing that farm and taking that over or all of them or, or whatever it right. happens to be when the time comes, right? Right. So even on, at Oakdale Farm, and I'm talking from the outsider perspective, <clears throat> my, my wife is the one that's taking over. There are two sisters that have chosen careers in nursing, but there are also two cousins, two male cousins who have chosen careers in other fields. One of them is still in agriculture, but he's an engineer working for Agco and still producing equipment, working in the industry of agriculture, and one yeah. is, is working in mechatronics in, in locally here. And so they've chosen not to be involved in production agriculture, but that's there's no reason to lessen that. That's what no. I think. They're was, still a part of agriculture. They're still part of agriculture. Yep. And, and, they're, and who cares if they're not? It, it's it's let's not lessen what they're doing. They're doing what they choose to do. We shouldn't what say what makes them happy. Yeah, we shouldn't yeah. say one of the guys needs to take over the next generation. That's right. not a part of what the future of agriculture is. Right. So I had a conversation with a retired home ec teacher like a month ago. Is it still home ec or is it family and facts, consumer science? Facts. She said she was a retired home ec teacher, but. I was it know. was it Mrs. Kanabi? No, it was not oh. because Mrs. that was that was my home ec teacher. <laughs> she was Mrs. Kanabi from Corey of Dirty Jobs. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> she yeah no Mrs. Kanabi would never have this conversation with me, but she was asking what I you know what I do and 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 I said you know well I farm with my <clears throat> with my family and I'm a turkey pressurizer turkey pressurizer yeah <laughs> and um anyway she couldn't believe that I was the primary operator um that I only had sisters and then she went on to tell me well man you know I just think like your parents probably should just adopt a son so that he can run your farm. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Yeah. And you know and 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 I was very um You were very polite, well spoken. Polite and yeah. well spoken. If that would have been me, I would have just been like off the rails like, oh boy. Becky yeah. would have just throat punched her. Well, you know, yes. and but I kind of was like there's no reason why and and I think part like uh, the majority of her reasoning was that because I'm a female and I get married, the name of the farm, the family name changes, and so that was her reasoning, you know. Right. And Tanelski, Tanelski, <laughs> that's Oakdale, right. From Oakdale to Nelski, to Nelski, because yeah. because your maiden name is Oakdale, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Oatsky. Yeah. Oatskyson. 
But there will always be it. That's an interesting... I I would have never thought of that. Yeah, but I mean, there will always be that generation, you know? I mean, and I'm not saying she's old, but she was a retired teacher that yeah. has that mentality of thinking, just that very traditional mindset. Well, yeah. I know of, I know of a couple... They're both grain farmers, but where the where the son-in-law took over the farm, sure. you know. So it was it was it was the wife's, but but the son-in-law took over, and then sure. it, it become his farm. Mm-hmm. So I I know of two instances where that's mm-hmm. gone on. Well, and so in the classroom, I, a lot of times what I come up with is there's situations where a boy believes that he's going to take not over, not a boy a male a male is going to take over the next generation, but. He needs to understand that that's not necessarily just a patriarchal thing. Like, it's just going to pass down. Like, there is going to potentially be either a sister or a cousin or whatever that's going to also want to be a part of that. And especially as we consolidate farms and we have, we don't have every single dad run a farm. We have uncles and whatever, cousins or whatever that operate together. So it's not one person the next time around. So you and your male or female cousins might own the farm together. So you have to take that ownership and not worry about gender. That's, that's out now. That's completely out the window. Yep, the right. in, yep. in, the, in the instance where Randy's talking about the son-in-law taking over the farm or whatever, I mean, he might be the guy driving the tractor, the equipment, but that doesn't mean that his wife or the daughter isn't there. She could be the one making all of the financial decisions. Right, correct. There's so much more than to just being the the laborer, really, yeah, right? Yep. And that goes back to the whole, you know, your farm transitioning to operating under a much larger corporation to spread out the liability because there's so much pressure on the farmer nowadays to be able to be good at everything. I don't know what the word is, but when you're comparing it to any other industry. Industry, yep. How fast moving egg is. I mean, mm-hmm. we, I, this was a year ago when we, Zach and I had met up with a, a pilot and we talked GPS. Pilot we met on Tinder? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> What? (laughs) Go on. No. A fan from YouTube who reached out through email or whatever. On Tinder. (laughs) That you both happened to be on at the same time? No. And we were going, so we happened to be going to California for something else. I don't know. I'm not, the Tinder thing was actually just a joke. I don't know where you're. You both swiped no, right. No, it's okay. The guy, right Ma- what's his later. name, Mark, when we met up, <laughs> we met up with the, the guy was really interested in aviation, GPS aviation. And oh, yeah, how... yeah, yeah. The guy that owned the burger joint in. You uh, had no idea what she was yeah. talking about earlier? Well, this was. All, this was real close to two years ago. Yeah. But again, yeah. you had no idea what she was talking about. So and he Tinder? started to watch. <laughs> I, I, I really didn't. No, this guy had nothing to do with Tinder. So he started to watch our channel because he's in aviation and he's yeah. so interested in he the technology. He owns an aviation mechanic shop in L.A. Yeah, and he was so interested in the egg technology because... He's probably listening. and I, I God, I wish I could remember his name. I have to go find it on... He Yes. Like he, he, so him and his wife own this burger joint on the north side of L.A. And we, ex-wife, ex-wife, yeah. But they owned it together. It seemed like like they were owning it together. Things were all right. 
And uh, <laughs> Casey's listening. The, I just want to make sure we get a story right. The burger joint. It was really good. Yeah, and I wish I could remember the name of the town just north of L.A. It was but in you had the to valley. go through the mountains and it, like a, a ritzy place, ritzy area, really north of Beverly Hills and all that. Oh, way north. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, but it was it was nice. Awesome burgers. And he was really good burgers. So genuine, and he was like, "Hey, he was just super stop excited by. to meet us. I'm gonna give you yeah. a burger, and just like, but his he came interest, here. We we ate at the hatchery. Yes, six months later. Like he, so he's because his family. Ah, I wish farms, I could think of his name. His family farms in North Sounds Dakota. Like a Tinder yeah. thing. Yeah, like West in North Dakota. He's got yes. family farm. That's where so, he's from. But he's an aviation. Not a Tinder thing. <laughs> Bring Definitely in. not a Tinder you deal. You started this. This is going to come I, back. I realize I started it. Yeah. Okay. So, I get but, myself in trouble when I go for punchlines. So he is uh, in aviation, and what he was talking about is is how is that in agriculture when you're talking GPS, we are operating leaps and bounds, and he said ten to. 15, maybe even 20 years ahead of what aviation yes. is oh, operating. Absolutely. So, like, you're talking yeah, about these jetliners flying in the sky, yep. and what they're using for GPS is 20 years behind Correct. what the farmers are using yep. on the ground to plant this seed as far as precision. Yep. So, well, when you cause... get in that jet... And you're flying to your next generation or er, destination. Destination. <laughs> Becky's on number six. <laughs> How One, close two, are we to the bottom three, of four, six? Five, six. Halfway. Oh, yeah. we're getting there. We're you're getting almost there. to the next. Shut her down. So generation. Flying to your next de- destination. I mean, he, this is the egg is moving at a much. Egg faster egg? pace. <laughs> Don't, uh, Ra- Randy. We're on number six. Don't confuse her. What frustrates the public is that we are doing this before they are, and they can't accept the fact that agriculture is advanced. I don't no. think that I don't, I'm not don't sure if it's know. that they can't they accept know. it. Yeah, they I th- don't know. I think they don't. You're correct. They know. don't know that we're that advanced. Yeah. The farmers and I think some have... of them don't want to believe it because they still yeah. have the romanticized the, vision the, of the, the dude the with the straw hat. Farm. Yep. But I would like to say, turkeys are hormone free. (laughs) (laughs) She's got her notes. (laughs) Hold on, let me let me cross that off my list. It's right here. And antibiotics and hormones. I still got my lightning round. It's been there for two and a half hours. We need to hit the lightning round. (laughs) Well, hang on. Turkeys are hormone free. <laughs> it is illegal to give all poultry no shit. and swine hormones. Have so they- let's say you own a turkey farm and you want to give them hormones. You're not allowed to, which is convenient because you can't buy turkey hormones on farmersbusinessnetwork.com. <laughs> I suppose that would be correct. <laughs> or can you? Not I- yet. Sally? Are you hormones? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, Erica, if there were to be one topic that um, turkey farmers would like to get across, might it be hormones and antibiotics? Yeah, that and I think the fact that we're raising our turkeys inside inside barns, which we covered in the first podcast. So go back and listen to that. Yes. Yes. But um, us as turkey farmers, 
we're not pumping our turkeys full of antibiotics, you know, or the, hormones. Or hormones. That's they right. They can't have hormones. Period. It's not allowed. Right. That have, is. Have they, that has is it ever illegal. been allowed? Not that I'm aware of. Um, but I mean, can you imagine? I mean, if we were to do that, that's expensive. Where do you think that? Right. That you know, feeding the turkeys hormones. I, I think what happened was people weren't ready to realize how quickly we were able to crossbreed turkeys and get a bigger bird. To, to, they have become more efficient. Crossbreeding? Yeah. So we had cattle for how long prior to turkey production? We've only been doing turkey, produ- turkey production for 120 years, 130 years. We figured out the genetics really fast and we started crossbreeding and they got bigger. Through crossbreeding, but cattle have been around for a long time, so it's slower. No, but it, but it's not just crossbreeding. We've in, we have, so they have better nutrition, better Absolutely. genetics, better care. And when you look at the lifespan of a turkey, um, they they hatch in twenty eight days, and so the it's at hyperspeed compared right. to cattle. Correct. So you think people thought like like wow you're hatching these turkeys fast you must be pumping through a full no of no no or- they just have that turkey farmers and chicken farmers just have that more many more tries to get it right Correct. to speed the process right. up compared okay. to a, a cow because it takes how many months long is a cow pregnant nine months nine months it's and a turkey a turkey only takes. Well, she lays an egg, and it's 28 days. 28 you an, days. You can have another egg so, two days later. Right. So you can keep, you're and right, you can keep pumping out So it is literally hyper, hyper, hyper speed. I yeah, mean, yeah. like right. turkeys, I mean, turkey and chicken farmers, they've had millions, millions, I mean, almost billions more tries to right. really speed up the functionality of that business, really, right. compared to a... A cattle farmer. Like Randy said, if if a cow gets pregnant, she has nine months to go through that process of raising that calf inside of herself. Then you have to realize a year and a half to two years later the quality of that calf mm-hmm. and then reproduce off of that calf. Whereas a turkey, you can just and you genetics, can follow through and it you guys so I, I would assume that as cattle farmers, you know, obviously they're picking the prime semen to make the best possible cattle. I would assume that's the same with turkey farmers. They want to produce the fattest, not fattest, but they want to produce the bird that makes the most meat, maybe? Tender meat? I don't know. What does a turkey farmer want to create for meat? Becky said fat meat. (laughs) She also said semen, like fisherman. (laughs) I just, I really want to know what any of this has to do with the burger I ate in Santa Clarita with a dude I met on Tinder. <laughs> oh, man. You are so embarrassing. <laughs> what What does a turkey farmer, if you're producing meat, what is your, is weight your number one driver? So, um, yeah, weight efficiency, but you you want a skeleton that is going to support that meat. Ah, because the the turkey has to be able to walk. It has to be able to walk it's all hard the way to walk. until the last day it eats. We got meat swinging around. All right. Yeah, you can't have too heavy of meat, or it just gets tough to walk. <laughs> 
<laughs> with that. All right, girl, no, no, there's no, no. Let the girls keep having a conversation. No, no we're, we're done. We're, we're done. No, we no, haven't no. talked about the tornado well, lightning Paul round. story. Lightning, lightning round. Do right, we light, do a third podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, Randy, speaking of the dude I met on Tinder and ate a burger with in Santa Clarita. I say it that way because I've had a lot of beers. <laughs> you you have a story that you just want to tell so badly. I have to tell. Let's this hear story. Randy's story brought to you by FBN. It, well, <laughs> <laughs> so this is a story about Erica's uncle, Paul, and uh, God, I hope he's listening to this. So when I helped that winner inseminating, at the end of the day, so Paul did. He milked the toms, mm-hmm. so he would he would collect the semen in a syringe, and then oh, he would. Oh, I know this story. <laughs> so he would, because it's yeah. So he would bring it up to the. Don't tell me he was selling that to a burger no, joint in Santa Clarita. <laughs> but he would bring it up, or we'd go get it, whatever. But but the, but the semen would come in this syringe, a, a large syringe, and then that's what they used to inseminate the the hens with. So at the end of the day, he would always have like he had to he had to wash the syringe. And there would always be a little bit left because, like, yeah, like you don't just chuck the syringe in the garbage and have more. I don't know. Syringes? Maybe you did. Maybe you just threw it away. But anyways, so we're wearing coveralls because it's it's all like, like you got to wear coveralls. You got to wear boots. Like it's it's the sanitary thing in and out of the barns. Yeah, the biosecurity. So deal. like yeah. we get to the to the to the uh, I don't know washroom where we would change. And, and Paul would always squirt the rest of it out, like, on my pant leg. Uh-huh. Like, on the coveralls. And every time, like, like God, God damn it, Paul. Like, like God, that's nasty. Like, uh-huh. like yeah. And then I'd take my coveralls off. So one day, no different than any other, any other day, we get done. We go there. And Paul, like, squirts part of it on my pant leg. And it's like, God damn it, Paul. And then he laughs and goes, well, what? And then he takes a syringe, puts it in his mouth, and squirts the rest of it in. No, his mouth. no way. He would, I almost no way. would do that. I almost passed out. Like I'm like, like, are you, are you kidding me? Like, what in the heck? And he is just laughing. Corey's laughing hysterically because Corey's seen this before. On his way down, he grabbed a new syringe, stopped at at uh, his mom's house and grabbed the Cool Whip and filled the syringe with Cool Whip. So it was Cool Whip that did. But I, I almost, I, I just about passed out. Like, I thought, I couldn't believe it. But I It's not just, as cool anymore. I thought he was just taking it. No, it was, it was, it was Cool Whip. I can just envision him like, like swinging by mom's house because they lived on the farm. It's like swing up there, like ma! I need the cool whip. Ma, the cool whip. But so when he did, when uh, when Mike Rowe was there doing the dirty jobs, like I was, I was waiting for that. Like, there's no way Paul's not going to do this not thing to Mike Rowe, suck a little in. and he didn't. He didn't do it. And then I asked him about it later, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't dare." <laughs> that would have been hilarious. <laughs> I think Mike would have taken that. Old Mike, our buddy Mike. Yeah. I think he would have taken that pretty well. I think so. Yeah. He would have enjoyed that. But I I don't doubt that there's a lot of pressure to, you know, push that advanced of a joke on a celebrity. (laughs) I wanted to joke around with Sonny Perdue, and I think he probably would have taken it fine. But as soon as he was sitting next to me, it was like, you probably don't want to screw around. Right. Yeah, just just do what you're supposed to do. I thought you were going to get him to wear your hat on air. 
Well, I told, well, yeah, you were down there. I gave him my hat. Yeah. But, see, I, but I was yeah. chicken to do it on camera. So as he was walking away, I was like, I leaned over to Sarah, like, I was afraid to give him my hat. And she's like, he'll take it. He'll wear it. And I was like, nah, it's too late. Like, the moment's passed. I should have done it, but I'm not going to do it now. But she waved him down because she gets to interview Sonny all the time. So Right. Yeah. So did he take your hat? He took my hat. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure he gave it to somebody or chucked it in the garbage or whatever. But I gave Sonny a cap. Nice. Well, with that, we're going to end this podcast. If you would like to uh, follow along more, you can check out our YouTube channel or any of our Instagram accounts. Do the Sawatsatskis, do you want to plug anything? Eat more turkey. Eat more turkey. More turkey. <laughs> Support your FFA chapter. Hey. Bingo. Yep.